0: Welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerboth. And I'm Nedra Hale and we are Home Birth Midwives serving the Denver metro area. Welcome to the new week. Um, it's actually not the new it's week. Not. We were just
1: here. <laughs> We usually do two or three podcasts at a time, so it's sometimes same, we're like...
0: It's the same day as last time. How do we say something <laughs> different than we said last time? So, it, yeah, it's been one of those weeks, and and here we are doing a couple podcasts for you today. Yeah. So we actually had a request for a podcast this week. Oh, yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. Yay. I mean, we have obviously a very avid listenership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once in a while I hear people say yes. I heard your and podcast. please, um, and, anybody
1: yeah. out there that is interested in us talking about other things, let us know.
0: Yeah, yeah, because here we are. It's we got mm-hmm. this request two days ago and we are responding. Yeah, and this is gonna stretch us today. Yeah, it's a little it's a little uncomfortable, but we're gonna yeah. go there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um the request was to talk about breech birth. Today. So in what context was this question asked? Um, she wasn't specific, mm-hmm. but I thought what we could talk about is what, you know, what our scope of practice says, mm-hmm. what some other resources are, and then um, what we would do if we had somebody come to care or somebody in care whose baby um, was okay. breached, kind of like uh, what we would do or offer in that case, What what choices somebody might have. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's so. Good. Um, there is a movement um, about breach being a variation of normal, yeah. and there's definitely a big contingent of people in the natural birth world who really believe strongly in um, the fact that some babies just come out in a breach position, mm-hmm. and we should be skilled and um, offer that as an option to home birth families. And we are somewhat, I would say, neutral on that because mm-hmm. our scope of practice in Colorado prohibits us from attending right. for each birth. So, it's for us, it's not so much where we are philosophically; it's what our limitations are legally. Right. So it's not something that's in our scope of practice. Mm-hmm. All of that being said, we do have basic skills because
1: right. So the 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 bit about everybody should be skilled in it. Um it's true. totally true because it could happen to any of us that we show up and a breach is coming instead of right. what we thought it was, you know. Right. And so and that has happened to me, um, and in my training it did happen as well. Um, I'm sure it's happened to most midwives. Mm-hmm. You know, so but definitely we don't we never plan breaches, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. in my practice I've never yeah. planned a breach, um, because it is against our rules.
0: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. while we would say that um, uh, we don't offer it because it's not part of our scope of practice, I would think it's probably fair to also say that we believe that it carries significant associated risk.
1: Yeah, so I would say philosophically, I would not want to do breaches at home because of the, um, you know, it's it's around a 10%. Chance of and I don't remember the exact number, but um, around a ten percent chance of a significant complication happening, and that's just too much for me. You know, is but I, I I also believe you know paradoxically that um, breach is a variation of normal. Um, I just also know that nature doesn't really discriminate, and ten percent is too much for me. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, so you mm-hmm. might not be talking about just death, intrapartum, or neonatal no. death, but just other
1: having to do maneuvers, having mm-hmm. to do like I don't want to mess with things that are mm-hmm.
0: there can be things like uh, yeah. nerve damage and yeah. um, that kind of thing. Too. I want
1: my babies to have mm-hmm. you know a safe uh, the safest situation Injury for what world. their mm-hmm. situation is yeah
0: so one study that we often <laughs> quote um, in the community birth setting is the outcome study from um. Manastats. So Manastats is the Midwives Alliance of North America Data Collection Project, and they Mm -hmm. use community midwives data to do, you know, different types of studies. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the biggest studies that's been done to date is the outcomes of care for 16,924 planned home births in the United States. Um, This comes from the Manastats, and these are all midwives that are voluntarily participating in Manastats. Now, Manastats is... um, Required in some states for participation. But at the time, I don't believe there were more than one or two states that were requiring data entry. So it was voluntary data collection Mm -hmm. or data participation or, you know. Right. Voluntary participation in this study and data set. Um, But in this study, they do say that the risk of death to the baby, um, the, the relative risk, so when you're comparing vertex babies to breech babies. Okay. The risk to breach babies is about 13 times higher. So the relative risk of the baby dying is 13 times higher. That's a pretty. It's extremely difference. (laughs) It's an extremely significant difference. Um, So when we're talking about relative risk, sometimes those numbers can be misused for um, effect. Right. (laughs) You know, it's a it's a way to report data that can make something. Yeah. That can make very small numbers look. Yeah, I mean, Huge. so when you're talking
1: about 13 times the chance, like mm-hmm. the chance in the first place is very small, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. um, but still, it's still a significant mm-hmm. difference, of course.
0: Right, and in this mm-hmm. case, relative risk is a sensible measure to use because we're comparing vertex babies born at home with the same midwives to breach babies born at home with the same midwives. Or I think it's home and birth center. Yeah, um, that is significant. Yeah. yeah, so we do feel pretty strongly that there's increased risk. Mm-hmm. We know that home birth is safe under three circumstances. Right. One is that there's a qualified attendant. One is that there's good facility in- integration into healthcare facilities, mm-hmm. and the third is that the birthing person is low risk. Yeah. And so I think we would both say, this, this- takes us out of a low mm-hmm. risk category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yes. I do. I do believe that. Yeah. Another thing is that in order to be able to offer breach birth um, in an ethical way, you need to be really
1: skilled at it. That is the thing. And that's what we were talking about earlier today when this topic came up coincidentally
0: right. in one <laughs> of our
1: interviews. Um, is that, you know, there are places where midwives do breaches at home really regularly. And in those places, there are midwives that are really skilled at it. And if I were to decide to have a breech baby at home, which I personally would not, but hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. you know, these are the people that I think would, mm-hmm. I would be really comfortable with that. They've done, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. 200 breaches at home. Well, you know? And maybe
0: that makes that second criteria of it's out of hospital slash yeah. community birth is safe as long as there is a qualified birth attendant. Yeah. Actually, so, maybe we're not qualified. I don't feel if like I'm qualified. Don't I mean, experience. obviously, I have
1: emergency training, and sure. I can do it in a pinch, right? Sure. But that's I am not. I am not a skilled, skilled breach provider. birth attendant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
0: And mm-hmm. so, how does one get skilled without breaking the law, mm-hmm. or the, not paying attention prenatally, or not paying attention prenatally? Right. I mean, that could happen too. A- and I want to be the first. Yeah. Can we just like? humble ourselves a little I bit. I want her. to be the first <laughs> to admit that I have missed two breech births in labor. Um, yeah, it happens. You know, before the onset of mm-hmm. labor. Um, yeah. In, in recent years. In the past three years, I've missed two. So, you know, it does happen. One, and one I caught just by the skin of the teeth before the onset of labor. So, you know, yeah. it does happen. And, it does happen. Um, so, I definitely want to say we're. this is not a judgment on no, we're not saying that if you breaches, but I I'm using quote unquote air quotes misbreaches. Well, miss there are
1: some yeah. yeah, some situations where that we not we, but we as a collective, collective. might <laughs> might look the other way, you know, mm-hmm. and that is not what we do in our practice. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> to be clear. But that is a thing that is tempting to do when you have no other option and that is the thing is that the um the midwife at home option in some places is the only option. I would I would even wager I guess that most in many places. Mm-hmm. places it is the only option for I mean, a vaginal most, breach I would birth say most. most the yeah, vast probably. majority. Yeah. And so then you don't have an option, right? Mm-hmm. You so if you want a vaginal breach birth, you're doing it at home and that um, is really sad. I, mm-hmm. It's super sad that
0: Because then you're you know further away from it. It forces emergency. your
1: it forces your hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I would love to see some mm-hmm. more skilled Breach obstetricians mm-hmm. in the hospital doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. And actually, I think that the data is that midwives are probably the more skilled yeah reach attendance. I think that's true. I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to say that is probably true yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, we aren't.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so. it's because it's totally not universal. But the in the again, in those places where like at the, like the farm midwives that mm-hmm. do all I mean, they mm-hmm. they know
0: what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I
1: would be totally comfortable. I would go there if I, if mm-hmm. I were making that choice, I'd probably go there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. but we do so so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Can we do a delivery of a breech baby at home? Mm, we don't plan it is basically the bottom line. Right. Um, but can, is there something else we can do? So let's talk about yes. that. Somebody comes to care. Let's say they're 34 weeks. Uh-huh. Um, we kind of do what we call Leopold's, uh-huh. which are maneuvers to palpate the abdomen. Yep. And we discover that the baby's in a breech position. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the first thing at 34 weeks that you're going to suggest?
1: Wow. Well, first of all, I like to know it before then, but okay. So this well, is what I have. Well, let's baby was
0: Vertex at 32 weeks. Okay.
1: And now we're 34. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. Um, so at that point, even though we're getting a little close for my taste, I would still recommend chiropractic and acupuncture, mm-hmm. some spinning babies, mm-hmm. um, and spinning like,
0: spinningbabies.com, spinningbabies.org. I think I believe, I believe it's .com.
1: I'll double check. And uh, so positional, some chiropractic acupuncture, some of the old tricks like putting the bag of peas mm-hmm. on top of the, like where the baby's head is so that they run away from it. And, you mm-hmm. know, so we can try all those tricks at that point. Mm-hmm. And hopefully something will work. Moxibestion.
0: Mm-hmm. Moxibestion mm-hmm. is a burning of a mm-hmm. uh, aromatic herb. It's Chinese medicine. Yeah. Uh, it can be done a couple different ways. You can get a stick. That you, can, you can find it online, more information about how to do it. But
1: you will be surprised to learn, just to interject here, that Gina knows much more about this than I do, and I thought it was totally wacky. But anyway. Well, there, there is research <laughs> showing that it can be effective. In, now,
0: I do feel like breach research is tricky because most babies are going to turn on their own. Yeah. So it's one of those, did it, did it work, work or, or didn't it work? Yeah. Or was it going to happen anyway? True. Yeah. So anyway, there is some research that moxibustion is <clears throat> effective. Um, <clears throat> so you take this like stick and you burn it and it uh, you put it by the pinky toe and it somehow releases energy in certain parts of the body and uh, allows the baby to move. <clears throat> it's Chinese medicine. It's mugwort. It's very... Very uh, witchy sounding. Yeah, that does sound very witchy. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, Acupuncture has been shown to be effective. Chiropractic has been shown to be mm-hmm. effective. So there are
1: chiropractors are trained. Uh, not all of them, but there there is a like a specific set of mm-hmm. adjustments that they can get trained in that that help.
0: Mm-hmm. Reach um, baby's turn. So okay. So oh, and then one thing that I maybe would add to mm-hmm. the, your list is um, handstands and water. Oh, yeah. I always forget Going to forget the swimming pool and doing handstands in the water. Swimming and doing handstands. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, with the spinningbabiesitis.com it is .com, by the way. I double-checked. Um, one of the big things you can do are inversions, mm-hmm. too, uh, where you do maybe a ironing board or some kind of a plank from the couch mm-hmm. to the ground and then yeah. kind of get your bottom up higher than your head and hopefully... Do you, how often have you recommended that? Oh, I don't know.
1: At, I've at least never, I can I have never oh, recommended it. you haven't? No, I think it is weird, but I don't know. I don't know. It just I don't seems know that I
0: can say how often, seems... but I mean more than a handful but of I times. But I
1: know lots of people do, and I don't know why I don't like it. I just, huh. it just seems like a really unnatural position to get into. Well,
0: Yes. <laughs> the babies in the yes, and i know
1: that things like that are on spinning babies too yeah, you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. so then i feel like i like take the responsibility of this position off of myself by like and sending them to, to somewhere, somewhere else yes you've uh abdicated authority or yes. whatever i'm like they know more about that than I. yeah do. well they definitely know yes. more about it than i do too but um no i recommend inversions for sure yeah I don't you know, think I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I yeah. just it just wigs me out a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a client who had a breech baby right up until thirty six weeks. Sorry, I have to cough. <coughs> Sorry, I don't know how to pause or edit. So. <laughs> you just have I to just hear Just have it. to hear me cough. Sorry. Uh, she did the handstands in the water, and the next day she had an ultrasound scheduled, and wow, and baby had flipped in the water. That's amazing. So, mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So So I think a lot of these things work really well, or the baby turned as a coincidence. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) So let's say we've tried all these things Mm -hmm. and baby is still breach. And now we're back at the 36 week appointment.
1: Yeah. Now what? So we continue the other things, but we now would start talking about doing an external version or external cephalic version.
0: Yes. (laughs) ECV. Yes,
1: <laughs> which means that um, a healthcare professional would apply hands to the baby and um, turn the baby from the outside. Mm-hmm. This is generally done in a hospital mm-hmm. by an obstetrician. I don't know. Do we know any nurse midwives that mm-hmm. do it?
0: I've seen a nurse midwife assist an obstetrician. It's, it's a two-person job very often. So, I've seen a nurse midwife assist an obstetrician, but I, yeah. I don't believe that I've ever seen one do it specifically. Yeah. So, we should back up one step before oh, this, oh, which I, is to I go get again? an ultrasound. Oh. First, we want to make sure. Oh,
1: we are not totally but sure that this is I mean, breach yet. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was
0: Leopold's at 34 weeks. Okay. We tried the things. Mm hmm. Now at 36 we're gonna, weeks, mm-hmm.
1: we palpate again and we think this baby is breached. Okay. That's fair. You, you
0: want to make sure for sure. Yes. Now, all of that being said, you're going to get an ultrasound. They're going to, they're the going to make sure before they, cause <laughs> yes. we're
1: going to have a couple of consult visits. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: So, <laughs> so that's good for us. If you're our client, we will send you to somebody who would be willing to do the version for the ultrasound so that it's one less step of people that you have to go mm-hmm. see. So we're not going to send you for the ultrasound at a, imaging center and then have to go find another consult because then you're going to need another ultrasound anyway. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're right. It does usually happen not only in the hospital, but sometimes even in a labor and delivery room, sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: it's... There's a variety of ways Mm -hmm. that I've seen it done. And Mm -hmm. even I've seen one time that they did an epidural for it and mm-hmm. i haven't and when i say that to people they seem really shocked so it must not be a really normal thing to do
0: i've only been to one f- yeah. no, no no no. i've been to two full-on oh ecvs and, mm-hmm. and and um neither offered an epidural yeah so i don't Could know. just be the docs the docs are maybe more naturally minded right, or something right
1: yeah mm-hmm um, and in Colorado, we are not allowed to do versions mm-hmm. ourselves.: mm-hmm. So, yeah, so in the case
0: mm-hmm. of the second version that I referred somebody for, I did kind of not try to turn the baby but just you know kind of put a little bit of pressure and see what happened and it seems see like how the, easily the baby it seems like the baby moved yeah. but then would kind of end up breach again and um and so we went into the hospital for the version, yeah. and they tried to do it, and what it really turned out was that her little feet were stuck in the cervix ah. and you could, so you can kind of picture her little feet in the cervix and then you would tip her head down and she would move she really would nice fold. and easy. She would fold over and then she would just boing. Did they push the feet out? Or mm, or they I were mean. not able to, they weren't able to do it. I mean, I think they tried, but they weren't able to do it. Okay. Um, or maybe, (laughs) maybe, I don't remember exactly the details, but anyway, they, that baby did not turn that baby. And, and sometimes
1: they're really, they really like where they're at mm -hmm, for whatever reason.
0: The statistics on ECV are about, it's about 50% effective. It's not a hundred percent effective. So Hmm. it's, and in my, that's exactly the stats in my practice. One worked and one didn't. (laughs) So there you go. 50%. Small, small sampling. of two.
1: I don't know off the top of my head. I I feel like they've been much more than 50%. I think
0: it depends if it's your first baby. Yeah, for sure.
1: For sure.
0: Neither of these were first babies. Yeah. In my practice. And the one, I think her feet were stuck.
1: Like, I think she was stuck. I went in for one. I remember there was a third baby that was not successful. And it was just because the head was engaged. And I was like, let's push the head out of the pelvis yeah, because it won't work yeah. if you. I mean, let's push the butt out of the pelvis. Yeah. I mean, not the head. We want the head in the pelvis. We do want the head. You know I knew what, what I mean? mean. <laughs> I, I so
0: knew what you meant that I. What you meant that, that I. Didn't you didn't even correct me. It. You yeah. just let me
1: continue. So like I'm like an idiot. Under, okay. I didn't process <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the butt but was in the pelvis, yes. not the head, Yes. and uh, I'm like, maybe we yeah. could push the butt out, and of course, yeah, you know. They're like, so, we know what we're doing, ma'am. <laughs> ECV
0: can be, it can have risks associated with it too. Mm-hmm. You can um, cause a placental abruption. We don't know why that baby's breached. That baby right. might be breached because there's a short cord up top and there's mm-hmm. no room. So <clears throat> yeah, it's really possible that you can cause a problem. So sure. that's why it's a good idea to do it under proper surveillance and under proper conditions Mm -hmm. and you've got an ultrasound and you can see how the baby reacts. Right. In the case of the ECV that I saw that did work, um, the baby's heart rate dropped pretty significantly for a while and it did recover. So what
1: did they do? They just monitored for mm -hmm. a while and Mm -hmm. then declared it all okay?
0: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yep. Center home. We had a home birth next week. Yeah. Hmm. So that was great. That was yes, as good of an outcome nice. as, yeah. um, I've heard that sometimes they do the ECV and then they want to induce right away so before the baby flips back. I've heard of that as interesting being a recommendation because I've
1: heard the other way that like this one provider that would do them for us in this area wanted them to be down for like a week before to allow
0: flexion. So, and, yeah, to mm-hmm. allow.
1: head to mold properly and Mm -hmm. on the flexion and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. so how interesting everybody's different and it's probably not such a common practice
0: which means it's probably not there's probably not consensus about how to do it because again
1: nobody does this stuff
0: right yeah (laughs) Um, so an ECV would be an option for you it wouldn't be something you would have to do but but not doing it would potentially limit your other options yeah you know, it would be at least an attempt to get the baby vertex. Yeah. And we didn't mention, we probably should mention, that there's different types of breech presentations, some mm-hmm. of which are better for um, yeah. potentially going forward with vaginal delivery and some mm-hmm. of which are not as good for going forward with a vaginal delivery. Yeah. And if you have a baby that's in a position that is good for a vaginal delivery, it's possible that you can find a provider in the hospital setting I mean, at least in our city, we do have that option. Not a lot. Our, our main breach provider is semi-retired now, but um, yeah. But there, it does open up that possibility. Whereas, if you had that footling breach, mm-hmm. very few providers would do that on yeah intentionally on purpose.
1: Yeah, because you want the biggest diameter to be coming through the cervix. Is what it yeah. boils down to, and so. A foot or two feet, it's even tinesy. yeah, not big enough to open the cervix for the head when it comes. So, mm-hmm. so it
0: makes it a little riskier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, that would be another option. It would be to find a hospital provider yeah. that would consider doing. So a we, in work.
1: our practice, we do work pretty hard to try to find a good situation. It's very difficult to find a provider to do a breach delivery for a um, primate mm-hmm. for a first baby.
0: Although interestingly, the the doctor here that did a lot of breech deliveries did not, primate parity was not a really? exclusionary oh. risk factor. Cool. That's great. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But if you were going to, yeah, it, it, very few other providers mm-hmm. would consider that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, yeah, I mean, so we work really hard to try to figure that out. And then, yeah, um, Sometimes none of it works, and then Mm -hmm. what? And then
0: we're usually looking at a cesarean section at that point. So -hmm. then, again,
1: we're lucky to be in this city where we have a lot of providers who can do friendly cesareans, so Mm -hmm. we can look at those options. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I personally like the idea of planning it, even though I know that doing the you know the labor is really important for the baby and all that stuff like I get all of that and I agree with all of that but I also think planning it is so nice because you Mm -hmm. get to put all of your wishes together and your birth plan and Mm -hmm. adjust to the change and Mm -hmm.
0: and there's also some data that shows mm -hmm. that um, the risks of cesarean surgery are less when you're not in labor so, the risk of hemorrhage I don't know associated this. with cesarean is is less. Oh, interesting. The risk of, you know, kind of having a complication mm-hmm. like a hysterectomy is less oh, when you're not. Oh, that's labor. a
1: big deal. So,
0: when you're c- kind of comparing your pros and cons, but the, but yeah. what you were saying is that the when labor starts, we have a lot of reason to believe that the baby
1: was ready for. Gives the baby mm-hmm. a
0: nice massage, mm-hmm. gets them ready to breathe. They get some <laughs> cortisol going, yes. and we know that cortisol yeah. is important for them somehow mm-hmm. as they transition to yeah. extra uterine life. So. Yeah, Um, I would say having had a surprise breach recently and transporting for kind of a late... Unexpected situation. A late um, C-section. It's stressful. It's it's a lot of stress. So I don't disagree with you. Mm -hmm. But I think you can kind of look at... Yeah, you know, you can kind of see pros and cons on both yeah, sides. Yeah, for sure. Um, but but you could wait if you wanted to kind of give the baby every la- try, every last thing, and it would be yeah. labor that would be the time that we would really need to change the plan. Yeah, because they are to.
1: not likely to turn in labor. I
0: think that is yeah. when we are done <laughs> with that. Oh, definitely. If we've got a known <laughs> breach at the onset of labor, we have to go to the hospital. <laughs> if that's our plan, I had a friend. I told you this
1: once that. She had a version done in labor because she demanded it. I know.
0: I forgot about that story. And now that
1: I know so much more than I knew back then, I'm like so amazed. It's just like, And it worked. Wow. And it worked. Yeah.
0: That surprised yes. me because oh, one thing we didn't say about a uh, version is that they administer terbutaline, mm-hmm. which relaxes yeah. the uterus. Because I think it increases the chance if you're not contracting. <laughs> no, no, like, it just seems like. <laughs> so that just, that whole story <laughs> blows my mind. That's wild. So, you know, it's a tough decision because we, you know, we really believe in informed choice. And, mm-hmm. you know, because of our scope of practice, it has eliminated one of the options, which is to continue with your midwife yeah, at home. Yeah, that's, that's a bummer. And it is a bummer. And, uh, but we're super clear up front. And I think even our website, I mean, I think it's just really clear that this is what we uh, offer and what we don't offer. And planned breech birth is something we don't offer. Yeah. So, it's yeah. it's a bummer. But um, anything else about breech that we need hmm. to make sure that we mention?
1: I mean, I think there's so much about breech that we could get into, but I think that's enough for
0: now, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean... um. Just remember that, like you said, there's even even when cesarean is on the table, and mm-hmm. that's you know maybe the road there's you're going some down. Choices. There's still choices. You still yeah, have choices. You can sure. still do skin to skin, delayed cord clamping. Um,
1: They're doing the clear drapes, clear drapes sometimes, in some places, and um, you know you might have some choice about who is able to attend. This is why planning is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. people are often able to get their photographers in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can do if you plan ahead. So
0: mm-hmm. it would be great if we could have um, our if our access to the OR. Could I be would like increased. to be able mm-hmm. to go in more often. And mm-hmm. I recently just went, but I went instead of the partner. Yeah, and it really should be that both of us should be there because um, yeah. after the baby is born, the partner usually goes off and takes pictures and watches the baby, yeah. and and mom is laying there with very little i mean the anesthesiologist is usually super attentive and communicative and all of that they're still without someone they know yeah and so i feel like i'd like to remain as the birthing person support person while the partner goes off to be with the baby i agree so that would be you know food for fodder for activism later yes just so. put it on the, the activism list. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so many things, so little time. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of that's kind of breach breach choices in a nutshell. Oh, I did want to say there are really great resources for people who are interested dr Stu's podcast has yeah oh
1: dr Stu would be somebody mm-hmm. i would uh, let deliver Deliberate. my breech baby
0: <laughs> <laughs> um he's in la so yes. people can go to la I, he is
1: in high demand i think it's really hard to i get think it in.
0: keeps him busy i think breaches and twins in the yeah. in the community birth setting keep him busy in la i
1: bet we need uh, more of him mm-hmm. <laughs> uh breach
0: without borders is a mm-hmm. kind of a website, I believe, or, a, yeah. you know, informational source. Dr. Rixa Freeze, uh, Stand and Deliver. She has a lot of information about reach. There's tons of great resources out there. Um, but it does sometimes boil down to what can we offer?
1: Yeah, I mean, where you live is a really big mm-hmm. factor in mm-hmm. what your options are, for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, have a great week. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter <laughs> you, yeah. at Metro Midwifery, <laughs> Instagram, and Facebook, um, and www.modmidwives.com. Bye. Bye.